Hey everybody, welcome to episode 50 here on What About Therapy. I'm Enoch Fossum, and I'm a certified mindfulness life coach. And I'm Austin Ivey, and I'm certified in the basics of acceptance and commitment therapy, and we're both going to school to be marriage and family therapists. In this episode, today we're going to be talking about emotional resilience, what that means, why it's important, and then how we can work on our emotional resilience to be more resilient. All right, episode five zero. This is huge. Really big. Yeah, I can't believe it's already been. I think I came on on episode nineteen. Nineteen was nineteen. It is. You've been. You were on twice before that. Okay. Yeah. And then nineteen was like your official sign-on day. Yeah, that was the. I was a co-host day. So it's already been thirty episodes since. That's crazy. And we haven't been consistent every single week, but for the most part, we have. And I think we've only missed last week. And maybe one more before that. I think that. there was one other week where we didn't record, and it was both. Yeah. I think they were both. Well, this one at the end of the semester, and the other one I think was another end of a semester. Yeah, that's how school life. So goes. we're doing good. And, yeah, we're doing pretty good. All we're things rocking. considered, how busy we are, and both working full time jobs with full time school and full time husbands and all that <laughs> stuff. So um, yeah, yeah, we're pretty good. But it's exciting, and we've got a good topic today too for a, such a special episode. Mm. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, and I mean. We can relate this to being resilient through all the hard times we've had. We've had to I mean, make some sacrifices mm-hmm. to record we, some nights, honestly. <laughs> we both, I know there's days we both did not want to do it, and yeah. weeks in general where we just didn't want to find any days for it to happen. Last week was a weird exception just because it was a holiday and end of the semester thing, and usually we record on Mondays, and that was the 4th of July and all that stuff, but it's yeah. been hard to find certain days to make it work, especially when... We've gotten busy. Like we've had to get together at like nine o'clock, and then we were together till like midnight to record, and then have to wake yeah. up at like seven o'clock yeah. the next day to go to work. And yeah, um, yeah we've had to been pretty resilient up to this point to yeah. to continue our little hobby here, our little yeah little dream, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's but a dream. It's at, at right now, but a dream. Hopefully, but we day. love we love working on it honestly. Like just because you love something doesn't mean you want to do it all the time. Yeah, absolutely. You know. So, yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, good. Every passion has its limits, I guess. Yeah. Like every rose has its thorn. Every, thanks, Axel Rose. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm really excited to talk about this because, as, as we always do before the episode starts, we have these amazing conversations before we hit record. And we came to the conclusion that a lot of the problems that we see in our, our modern-day society is a lack of emotional resilience. And yeah. that it's, it's trending more and more like common i guess that'd be the word it's it's, yeah you're more likely to find someone today that is emotionally non-resilient than you were to find someone 30 years ago right that was emotionally non-resilient and there's probably a plethora of different reasons for that and i don't think it really matters the reason behind it right more than the most important thing is to figure out what we're going to do going forward yeah there's always a a little i don't know what you call it analogy i guess in therapy called the black box where you think of your phone as a black box they're so complicated on the inside at this point that it doesn't matter how it works all that matters is that it does something mm-hmm. and you focusing on how it works can be a waste of time because it's so complicated so yeah. really focusing on the outward expression of that is what's important so that's 
really for the most part, a lot of things, that's what you got to do is we spend too much time on the process or how it works rather than focusing on actually getting results and focusing on what is happening yeah, rather than how it's happening. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, it's both are important, but the whole analogy is just to help you realize that focusing on how is always not the most important. Yeah, exactly. Like asking how or, or why typically isn't super helpful when it comes yeah. to like psychopathology. Um, just the, what's going forward. What are we going to do now? Um, and I guess we should probably define what emotional resilience even is and give yeah. some backstory. The one thing that I thought of first when Enoch texted me today and we chose this as our topic, um, there was this meme that I saw a while ago. I would say, I would say probably six or seven months ago it was within the last year for sure. And I never get on Facebook really ever. Um, I get on Instagram mainly and look at stories and then I'm done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was on Facebook one day for some reason and I saw a post. It was like a suggested post on Facebook. Like, you might like this type of thing. I don't yeah. know. I don't know why I thought I would like this post, but it was one of those memes where it was two pictures side by side and there was a caption above both of them. And the left side of the caption, it said me on a normal day. And it's like this girl who's really happy, excited, frolicking, whatever you wanted. <laughs> happy girl. And then on the second picture on the right, the caption was me when anything slightly inconvenient slightly inconveniences me and then it was that meme picture of like kim kardashian like crying or it was yeah. like some like screaming like a screaming face like just like having a breakdown having basically. an emotional breakdown yeah, yeah. and um that it, for, for me was really intriguing because it had so many shares likes and comments of like oh that's so me that's that's who i am um and if that's who you are like you relate to that so do i like I understand right. that, yeah. Um, but to see how popular that was, it just kind of encapsulated what emotional re- resilience is, the like the lack thereof, I guess, and how yeah. common it is. Because I don't think any person should be breaking down over a slight inconvenience, and I, it's fun. And the fact that now it's a joke and it's so relatable that it's a, it's a memeable. It's literally a meme. It's a meme at this point yeah. where it's so relatable and so many people deal with it that it's it's suggested on my Facebook page with with yeah. hundreds of thousands of likes. And that's what got me thinking about it a while ago. I, I know there's a lot of things since then, but it's a, a lack of the ability to respond appropriately to emotions, whether that be negative mm-hmm. or positive. And that's yeah. kind of the, that's the really simplified version of it. Yeah. I mean, nowadays you can say one thing and people get offended really easily. And sure, it's on some topics that can be really sensitive for some people, for a lot of people. Yeah. But that shouldn't matter. Sorry, I just shit on you, but that shouldn't matter when it comes to emotional resilience. It doesn't matter how sensitive the topic is, if I'm going to be frank. It doesn't matter how, I don't know, big deal it is, how, how much of a big deal it is you think, how big of a deal you think it is. There you go. Mm-hmm. If you are emotionally resilient, then being offended and having someone's comment ruin your day really doesn't need to happen because you're emotionally resilient. But if you aren't, which I'm not emotionally resilient a lot of the times. Yeah, me too. Yeah, like it's normal. But just recognizing that and working on your resilience is going to be really important for you. Mm -hmm. And when I think of emotional resilience, like I think of... You know, people, I mean, I've had this happen recently in my life 
where I was having a conversation with someone and what they said like, really hurt my feelings and it kind of ruined my day. And so I was like, why? Why did that ruin my day? And that experience exceeded my level, my competence of um, my emotional resilience level. And it just kind of ruined my day. And so that got me thinking of, okay, well, what can I do next time to be able to bounce back from that situation, you know, and hang in there to lean in, shout out Tony Overbay, lean into those tough conversations and to stay with it rather than to run away and hide. Emotional resilience is someone who can stay in those hard conversations and work through them. That's through resilience. Yeah, exactly. It's the ability to overcome problems. It's the ability mm -hmm. to to have things happen to you and bounce back from it. Yeah. And there's actually some really good quotes that we have from a, an article that Enoch found that we were reading through today. And um, I wanted to read from them for sure because there's some great um, like insight to what resilience means. And I like I love the the Latin root here that yeah, it, that brings cool. from. It says that the word this comes from a an article from positivepsychology.com is called Emotional Resilience. As always, it's going to be in the show notes. Check it out for yourself. It's great. Um, it says the word resilience comes from the Latin word resilio, which means to bounce back or to retaliate. And you basically just encapsulated that, the ability to bounce back yeah, from some type of emotional pain or a bruise on your ego or something of that nature, yeah. the ability to like let the water roll off your back, to, to roll with the punches, that type of thing, and not become obsessed with a word or a phrase or a glare or an inconvenience that comes your way from someone else or from something else and to not let it ruin your day. Right. And I can think back of 10 things that happened in this last week that yeah. was a perfect example of me being yeah, not resilient. Really. really. But I have all these role models in my life of yeah. people that are emotionally resilient. I think of people out there like Jocko Willink. He has a podcast. He's a Navy SEAL, motivational speaker, Jordan Peterson. We talk about him all the time and, um, even Joe Rogan in his podcast, he talks yeah, about his yeah. things that he's gone through in his life and like with his, uh, jujitsu training and like his MMA training, he like had to get, um, knee replacements and things like that. Um, and all the people he has on his podcast that, you know, it's possible. There's these people out there in the world that have mastered this art of emotional resilience, probably to us, but to them, I'm sure they're have things in their lives that are still struggling with. Yeah. But, um, there's, there's an ability to get to a certain point where you can roll with the punches. There's people out there that have obtained this and neither of us are going to talk at you as if we have obtained this. Yeah. Far from it. Very far sure. from it. We're, we're just recognizing that it's a problem and that we want to explore the, I don't know, the resolutions, some of the options yeah. um, and want to maybe better understand what it is and why it's happening. Yeah. First, can we appreciate the Latin root resilio? Sounds like a Harry Potter spell. It does sound like a Harry <laughs> Resilio. Resilio. <laughs> to bounce back, make something bouncy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was oh. thinking like it's a courage spell, but that's way better to make like a, a rock <laughs> bouncy yeah. or something like that. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> yep. Someone's throwing something at you. You just hit Resilio, and then it bounces off you and turns the other person. Turns into rubber. <laughs> just like Eminem says. Oh, yeah. I'm... Uh, made of glue or rubber, whatever you throw at me oh, bounces it, off and goes back to you. On the rap god song, rap like, god, yeah, yeah. I, I used to know that song. 100%. So did I. I used to rap the whole thing, but what's actually kind of cringe, but very impressive 
it's now deleted. I posted on Instagram back in junior high in ninth grade, <laughs> me rapping that part, that song. And that's the word, part where he says, I'm made of rubber. So anything you say bounces off being goes back to you, something like that. So be like Eminem's what we're anyway, trying to say. Be, be like you, Eminem and Harry Potter. If you put those two together, you have resilient. Let words bounce off of you. Yeah. Maybe not necessarily back to the other person because we're not in the business of hurting other people, right. but maybe of just <laughs> bouncing it off, ricocheting into Pew. the the nether, into the yeah, into the distance. But yeah, yeah, I think it's a great explanation of what it is: the ability to let words bounce off of you, and then when they actually do hit you and you feel them, to be able to bounce back from that emotionally. Yeah. Because I think it's unrealistic to to think that I'm never gonna feel pain when I when someone says something to me. And I think yeah. that I think that's a worthy goal that's we should aim for as part of our emotional resilience to not initially not let things bother us, but when they do, to not dwell on them. Yeah. To be able to take maybe a little bit of a pity party and to feel your feelings and then be like, Okay, get over yourself, get back to work. Get, yeah. And that's I think I didn't want to go on this tangent right now. Do it. But I'm I'm gonna do it. I'm <laughs> obsessed with the Navy SEALs. I have always been obsessed with Navy SEALs and their training programs and the things that they do in the field and their work ethic. I've I've always been obsessed with them. And there's these podcasts that I listen to. One's the Sean Ryan show. The other one's the Jocko Willing podcast. And they tell these stories of their, basically it's their resilience of hmm. the triumph of the human spirit, even going through their initial training class, which is called BUDS. Um, stands for basic underwater, just under basic underwater demolition something surgery surgery and we'll go surgery it's definitely not that but we'll go for it but they go through these it's like i think it's six months wow. of just insane training and they go yeah. through this hell week where they get like three hours of sleep the yeah. entire six days and they're getting dunked in mud and they're they're going like they're going head first into the, the cold water in california at midnight yeah. and things like that and um a lot of people quit but the people that make it through it's like they died and came back to life and because of that, they're able to handle anything that comes their yeah. way. Like, I don't know if anyone has ever seen the movie Lone Survivor. It's a pretty gory movie. It's pretty, language is pretty intense, but it's a true story about these Navy SEALs that there's these four Navy SEALs that went to go do a mission. They were to assassinate a Taliban leader who was killing lots of people, assassinating Marines, assassinating innocent children, people like that. And they were sent to kill him. This was back in 2005. And the entire group besides one guy died. And his name is Marcus Luttrell, and he survived this terrible attack where he was shot in the shot in the back, the leg, the foot, like all these different places. He had shrapnel from an RPG in his leg, and I think he pulled himself, he crawled himself, like I think it was two miles, just by like pulling himself one like like he was on he was prone and he was just pulling himself with his right arm. Jeez, and he said he did it for two miles over hills. So up and down hills Yeah. after falling off two mountains um, with broken legs. Yeah, I think he had a broken femur, like all these things. And Mercy. It's like the perfect example of what resilience is in like a, a physical sense, but also an emotional sense. Yeah. And I don't know where I was going at that tangent besides the fact that the human spirit is strong if we can make it that way. Yeah. That's what we're going to be talking about later. But that resilience is not the human default setting. I think it's the opposite. I think the default setting for a human is avoidance. It's the right. I mean, that's that's the brain. It's man. the fl yeah. flight response, you know, the yeah. anxiety response. And so, yeah. if you feel that you're like broken or weak, or 
what have you, because you don't have this resilience. You don't have the ability to drag yourself over two hills, uh, <laughs> two miles when you've been shot 10 times. That is the extreme, but yeah. it shows what the human like spirit, human body is capable of. And that is within all of us is that capability to become that way. Yeah. And I think that's why he, Navy SEALs have always been so intriguing to me that within each and every person is a similar spirit, yeah. a human spirit that is capable of doing such a crazy thing like buds yeah. training, Navy SEAL training and all the other special teams training, or even look at the Olympics and all the training they do, all these triumphs of the human spirit and like this resilience physically mm-hmm. that all usually translates perfectly into their emotional and mental resiliency. And that, that is within all of us. We all have that right. capability to do so. It's this tapping into it and learning how it works for us and how we need to develop it, develop it person by person. End yeah. of tangent. End, yeah. of, end of rant. Period. Yeah. <clears throat> but I mean, you hear all the time, you know, uh, high or athletes that are on a really high level, they all have sports psychologists. Why? Because most of it is mental. It's like 80-20. It's yeah. mental, man. I mean... Sure, a lot of it's physical. You can't not be physically fit and play in the NBA. They work hard physically, but if you talk to any of them, I guarantee you'll say it's mostly mental. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, if you you can just imagine crawling two miles with one arm and everything else broken, (laughs) like, sure, you need a strong body to do that. But if you ask him if that was more mental or physical, he'd say probably 99% mental. The interviews that he's done, um, and you can look him up. His name is Marcus Luttrell. Just put that name into YouTube and you'll hear all, all of his speeches. He talks about how the only reason he was able to get through that was the training that he did at Bud's years and years before. Yeah. That it created this resiliency in his mind that he wasn't going to lose. And yeah. that he was going to win no matter what. That's the Navy SEAL mentality that you're always going to win. Yeah. And you're going to do anything you can to come out on top and to, um, like the, the theme of that movie is never out of the fight. Mm-hmm. That you're never truly out of the fight unless you give up. The only time that you are out of the fight is when you choose to be. And mm-hmm. that kind of ties in with this quote by, I think it was by Will Smith, but he was probably quoting someone else quite honestly. But he says, he who says he can and who, he who says he can't are both usually right. Mm-hmm. And that kind of ties, ties into the same thing. It's, it's about your mindset and your ability to emotionally tap into that superhuman strength and like superhuman resiliency that's really within all of us. We have that capability and that there's like a seed inside of all of our brains right? that it just needs a little bit of water. And for some people like Navy SEALs, like NBA players, yeah, that seed gets very well nourished professionally by professional yeah. brain seed nourishers, <laughs> like, <laughs> like sports psychologists yeah. and Navy SEAL trainers. Yeah. But for people like us, it's still possible to create that. It's yeah. It it doesn't it doesn't need to be your the likelihood of you getting shot ten times, falling off of two mountains, having to crawl two miles with one arm, is very low. But yeah. the likelihood of you having to bounce back from an offensive comment, or an inconvenience, a flat tire, a broken, um, maybe a broken leg, or something like that that brings you down, you're gonna run into something. Life is suffering. Yeah. Right. You're gonna run into something that's gonna re- require you to bounce back. Otherwise, you're gonna lose. Yeah. Now's a good time to thank our sponsor, the Marines. <laughs> <laughs> the Navy SEALs. Yeah. yeah um, uh, no, link is linked in the description to join yeah. the Navy SEALs. Just kidding. No. <laughs> we want you. We get a 10% off discount on your first... Never mind. I don't know what I was going with that. <laughs> never mind. Anyway, but you get the point. 
I mean, resilience is going to be really important in your life. And just like the Marine did, he says the bud training was the best, was what prepared him for that. Mm -hmm. You need to be emotionally resilient and work on that now for when, figuratively speaking, you emotionally get shot 10 times. Mm -hmm. And you have to crawl and have to work through either a hard conversation, a hard day, whatever it is. If you practice now to be emotionally resilient, that'll get you through. But if you're not, if the circumstance, the experience exceeds your emotional resilience baseline, then you're going to have a hard time. You're going to be that, you're going to be the Kim Kardashian meme where you're just having emotional breakdown. And do you really want to be that? Do you want to be the person cowering in the corner, either physically or proverbially? Do you really want to be that person? that no one can rely on when there's an inconvenience. I don't, even though I am that person a lot, my value is not there. I don't want to be that person. And I, I was going to read the next quote here because it ties perfectly into our next conversation. It It says that in a broad way, emotional resilience means bouncing back from a stressful encounter and not letting it affect our internal motivation. It is not, it is not a bend. Don't break bend, but don't break mentality. I'm going to restart. It is not a bend, but don't break trait. Rather, resilience is accepting the fact that I am broken and continuing to grow with the broken pieces together. And, um, I mean, that's kind of encapsulates what we've talked about so far, yeah, but it's, that. it's not like pushing yourself far enough to where you're like, it's not the, like it says it's not the bend, but don't break mentality. It really is accepting the fact that you are human. Life is full of suffering every single day. For some people, suffering is getting out of bed. And yeah. everyone's going to die. Everyone has illness. Everyone has a bad knee, a bad foot, whatever it is. Like everyone has something that's just worthy of be, like getting depressed over. And it's accepting that and then choosing consciously to move beyond that. Yeah. And then I think that's the start of building that resiliency. Is it coming to the terms of your brokenness and the maliciousness of human existence? Yeah. And then accepting that and then turning towards your values. Mm-hmm. And that's the acceptance and commitment therapy thing that we'll probably go on a tangent right. if we wanted to. But <laughs> yeah. um, it's yeah. accepting and fully turning towards the the vicious part of life and taking it head on. Yeah. Have you seen the like the china bowls that are cracked? Yeah. And then they're, they fill the cracks with the gold. Mm-hmm. Those are awesome. Just to show that there's yeah. beauty in the broken. Yeah, you know, and that that. every bowl is unique because it's broken in a different way. No break is the same, mm-hmm. you know? And hmm. so that bowl, that China is resilient China. Hmm. It's accepting the fact that it's broken, but finding the beauty in the broken. That's a quote you know? right there. Throw that on a bumper sticker. There Find you the go. beauty in the broken. Yeah. That and that's like just a movie trailer quote. Yeah. Event. No, that's great. What about therapy? The movie. <laughs> Find the Pride the and Prejudice. What about Therapy Edition? <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting. But anyway, I mean, that's really what it is. And I love, Austin um, talked about this a little bit earlier. He was saying it's it's not ignoring times when you feel down. It's not ever having a little pity party for yourself and saying, you know, feeling those emotions. That's not what... Emotional resilience isn't avoiding those feelings. Mm -hmm. It's the complete opposite. It's accepting the fact that you're going to hurt emotionally, physically, spiritually, but 
in acceptance and commitment mm-hmm. therapy terms, accepting that and then turning towards your values and moving on with life, being able to bounce back. It's not a, oh, I bend, but I don't break. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Like, sure, okay. But that's really unrealistic, right? Mm -hmm. We're all going to break, and that's okay. It's coming to terms with that fragility that you have. And learning that while there's just as much fragility, there is an equal amount of resiliency within yourself. That for as much as... For much suffering and maliciousness and terrible things that are within you and within the world, there is just the amount, or maybe even more, positive resiliency, courage within you and within the world out there to find. You just have to accept both of their existences and focus on what's the most helpful thing for you. Yeah. And that, that's a hard thing to do in theory, but at the same time, it's a very simple thing to start. Right. Shout out to Newton, one of his laws. Uh, every, every action has an opposite and equal reaction. Yeah. So if you're hearing this, Newton, shout out I to you. I think we've done that before, for sure. I think we've done that a couple of yeah. times. But for like, it's, his laws are legit. It's like how math can be can explain anything. Like, like I, last I, episode or two episodes the ago, whatever statistics that was. bell curve yeah. and the probability <laughs> curve. Yeah. I've expounded upon that more. I, I wrote it down on a on a <laughs> on a flashcard. I'm going to try to expound on it more and make it a more understandable i'm working on that sweet um but it's a i think coming to terms with your suffering is is a huge part of human existence because if you deny it then when life does throw you that little inconvenience that we were talking about earlier with that meme earlier with that meme then yeah you're going to think that your life is over because you say the expectation for you is a perfect life you're broken china yeah yeah you're broken china and you're not willing to to fill the cracks in because you think that you shouldn't be broken in the first place. Your ex- expectation of the world is that it should be without pain, be without discomfort, um, and that when that discomfort comes, I shouldn't have to feel this. I'm just going to avoid it. Why? Yeah. This is not what life is about. I'm going to therefore feel the way I want to feel. You control the way you feel when you feel it. Yeah. And that is the definition, proverbially, of, um, of, of experiential avoidance. Right. You know, feeling what you want to feel, when you want to feel it, and how you feel it, yeah. rather than just accepting what comes. And that's a pretty stressful thing to do when you're always worried about what you're going to feel and how you're going to feel it. Right. So if you can develop that emotional resilience, it takes the stress out of your daily life. Yeah. I mean, it's really trying to go against a natural, a universal truth. Yeah. Is that we're all broken. It's like expecting to throw China off a two-story building onto cement and expecting it to, expecting it to bounce mm-hmm. sure if you throw the resilio spell on it maybe well, yeah you'd be fine but. you'd be fine but that's just not the reality we're in we are all like fine china and if you drop it it can break yeah it, it will break it will yeah. break but chances are it was broken in the first place <laughs> right yeah but there's beauty in that and you can grow with those broken pieces and that's what resilience is and I love here, this isn't really, this is kind of like, I just warped this quote, Mm -hmm. but emotional resilience is the guard at the gate protecting you from emotional devastation. Love that. That's what the the article talks about, emotional devastation, how that's the kind of what emotional resilience is trying to protect you from. And that's what the Kardashian meme, that's devastation right there looking at you in the face. Personified, (laughs) yeah, devastation personified. That's devastation. Personified. Yeah. So 
when you're emotionally resilient, this is simply a tool for you to bounce back and to avoid emotional devastation, hmm. to be able to have a great day, a great couple hours, a great hour, a great minute, even if someone says something that you disagree with, that offends you, that whatever it is. Rubs you the wrong way, like yeah. whatever negative emotion yep. Anything you, negative. you feel. Yeah. Yeah. And just being able to accept that fact that, okay, that person said that. Now, maybe that was as if the person dropped you, yeah. your little china bowl, and you broke. But that's okay. You can just get your, I don't know what kind of, like, material they use to put it back together. I doubt it's just glue. Liquid gold? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's gold. It's like a like a gold glue type of thing. Yeah. You just look. You can look it up. It's awesome. Really um, cool stuff. But you just put those pieces back together with that glue, accepting the fact that you're broken, but there's beauty in that, and that's okay. And I, a little analogy to expand further upon that, like there's going to be parts of you, if you were to break a piece of china, there's going to be pieces of that break that are going to be lost forever. Yeah. Like there's going to be small bits and pieces that are going to be left behind, and some might see that as like a bad thing. Like I'm leaving a part of myself behind. But if you think about it in a different way, that you're leaving the parts behind. When you put yourself back together and you fill yourselves in with the crack, the gold crack glue, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. That Those parts of you that are lost are being filled in with something more desirable. Gold. And gold. And like what yeah. is your version of gold? What are you going to fill in those cracks like of your personality, of your mentality that was there before? that was either maybe positive or negative. I don't know, whatever it was. There's a part yeah. of you that was broken and is getting left behind. What are you going to use to fill that in? Is yeah. it going to be the same thing, but better? Or are you going to fill it in with Elmer's glue? You know, yeah. what are you going to fill it in with? Are you going to fill it in with the gold or are you going to fill it in with the stick glue? I don't know. You're going yeah. to tape it with duct tape. Make it worth it. Like that, there's a space for you to fill in and make that space worth it. Because like you said, there's like I said, there's going to be stuff left behind no matter what in a break like that. Yeah. I work at a stone shop right now where we do we would do quartz countertops and when things chip yeah you can find a part of that chip and glue it back to the front and then polish it out and blend it back in but there's always a little bit of that chip that is lost on the ground and is so microscopic but you can see it on the face of the the countertop that it's there's no denying that it's gone and so we have yeah. to fill it in with something we fill it in with epoxy we don't fill it in with gold but um, it's filled in then it's blended back and then it looks sometimes better than it did in the first place and that's what you can be if you if you find yourself broken or breaking or close to being broken. Um, just remember that if you do find yourself in shambles, there's opportunities to come back better than you were in the first place. Yeah. Emotional resilience in a nutshell is really asking yourself, what am I going to do with these broken parts? Mm, basically, yeah, I like that. What are you going to do? You have a choice. You always have a choice. And, I mean, you could argue with that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue with that. <laughs> I mean, not you. <laughs> someone, someone might say, no, I don't have a choice if someone says this and I get offended. Like, yes, you do. You have a choice. And you sometimes you don't have a choice if someone drops you and you break. Mm -hmm. Sure, no choice in that. But you have a choice on what to do with those broken pieces. Yeah, you. the, the agency is not in the primary emotion. The agency is in the secondary yep. emotion. The way that you react, the gut reaction. Like, yeah, you... The primary emotion might be offense or hurt or whatever it is, but you still have agency. Agency is the second is arrow. never not there. Yeah. Asterisks because there's some situations where your agency is taken from you in like 
crime and things like that when you, sure. if you were to get robbed. But right. even then, you have your agency of how you're going to react to that. Yep. Are you going to be a victim or are you going to do something about it? Yeah. And therein lies the emotional resilience that it's, it's basically agency. It's yeah. using your agency correctly and positively to overcome inconvenience or hard times. Yeah. And I mean, like we can't stress it enough. Like it's a, such an important thing to work on. Mm-hmm. And we're actually going to talk about how to work on some things, how to like things you can work on, how to develop it, how, how like to areas of some things that you can do, some areas of like your personality that you can focus on to develop said emotional resilience that we've been ranting about, ranting on for the last 40 yeah. minutes. Yeah. But we know you love it. Oh, I love it. <laughs> but so the, the article goes over five different things that you can work on to build emotional resilience. So number one here is self-awareness. So I'll quote the article here. It says, rather than looking for help outside or blaming the world for our miseries, being a victim, self-awareness gives us the courage to look for answers within ourselves by making us more attuned to, the, to our inner world. Building self-awareness helps us in becoming more capable and cognizant. So again, it's really just taking a look at yourself, taking a look at all your broken pieces and deciding what you're going to do mm-hmm. and being aware of those broken pieces. Yeah, I don't know if you read the uh, the quote above it, but I love the last line of the that paragraph right there. It says, through self-awareness, we gain a deeper understanding of how feelings contribute to our actions. And that's mm, kind of what we were yeah. just discussing about primary yeah. and secondary emotions. When you take self-inventories and you learn a little bit more about yourself and maybe do some writing, maybe you do some journaling, you figure out what's bothering you. That's the first step. It's like the recognition when it comes to addiction, accepting right. the fact that there's a problem and recognizing what those problems are. Yeah, You can't fix a problem unless you know what the problem is. Like if you have a problem in your car, you can't fix it unless you know what part you need to fix or to replace. Yeah. And that's what this is about. That's what self-awareness is about is figuring out, going to AutoZone, doing the little car test, to figure <laughs> out what's that engine check yeah. engine light mean. Like I'm feeling this way, but what does that even mean? And why do I feel this way? Yeah. It's, it's a lot of mindfulness. It's a lot of self-reflection. Right. And best part, just like AutoZone, it's free. It's free. It's, and there's podcasts like this. There's YouTube videos to do self-reflection and, um, some, I don't know, some exercises to figure out what's going on in that little brain of yours. That squishy little, that squishy little thing that's trying so hard to help, (laughs) but it isn't really helping. Um, like it's, it's easy in theory. How about this? It's simple, but it's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. It's a, it's possible, but not, I don't know. It's possible. It's very possible. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Number two here is persistence. Resilience training helps a person develop the consistency and commitment to keep trying. Whether dealing with external stressors or handling internal conflicts, perseverance keeps the inner inner motivation alive. So the ability to persevere in the face of of, uh, opposition, the ability Mm -hmm. to not give up, Mm -hmm. to uh, overcome that initial thought that a lot of people have when stress comes or when opposition comes to give up because it's easier. Um, if you can maybe get your, the reins in on that, that'll develop your emotional resilience. Yeah. I mean, I know all of you know, know someone, it could even be you. You had an experience where you persisted and had a better outcome than you, than you initially thought because you persisted because you were resilient mm-hmm. and look at you, you're one step closer. And if you know someone who ha- who's had an experience like that, talk to them about it, ask them how they did it. And you'll see little nuggets of emotional resilience in there. 
I doubt they're going to say, it's because I was emotional resili- emotionally resilient. <laughs> it'll, it'll be a little bit more uh, under the radar than that, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, anyway, if you can't tell, we've been playing some D&D. <laughs> I'm wearing a Hellfire, Hellfire Club shirt from Stranger Things, if anyone knows what that is. It's pretty sweet. It's the same, it's the same design as the show that the kids wear. So sweet. And I saw it on Amazon the other day, and me and my wife got a matching pair. And so cool. All my Stranger Things stands out there. It's pretty sweet. Get yourself one. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Number three, emotional control. People with higher levels of emotional and self-control can redirect themselves and manipulate their feelings. They're less likely likely to be overwhelmed by stress or let it affect their lives. They think before taking the leap and won't sur- surge fast into drawing conclusions. So it's just being able to respond rather than react Mm -hmm. essentially being able to have that buffer in between the stimulus and the reaction victor frank right yep yeah being able to just think before you act really to take the create the space because that in that space is where agency dwells yeah it's exactly you create that space between agency and reaction or response that's in that little space that's where you get you obtain your agency is like mindfully finding that space Yep, someone says something to you, you feel angry, okay? In between that moment, there's a buffer. You have a choice to, like it says, you can manipulate those feelings, not necessarily suppress them, but to redirect them in a healthy and helpful way rather than just blowing up on the person. Yeah, don't allow your first initial thought to be what comes out of your mouth in those situations where you're offended or you're hurt, your wife, husband mom says something i think it's a good rule of thumb don't let the first thing that comes to your mind be the first thing that comes out of your mouth yeah and you can quote me on that because i've done that a few times in my marriage and it's <laughs> not very helpful i've done it as a son as a brother and it's just not very good right um the ability to control that and find that buffer is extremely important and the next two i think we're gonna have a lot to say um number four here is flexible thinking psychological flexibility we've talked about that Sheesh. so many times says here that there is a, it is a powerful social skill that incorporates optimism, adjustability, rationality, and positive thinking. A person who has developed, who has, or has developed these skills through training or experience will definitely be more emotionally resilient and well-balanced in life. I don't think we even need to go much on this because we have a whole dang episode about this. I don't know what number it is, but scroll through and find an episode that has the word psychological flexibility in it. Because we talked about a lot of stuff in that episode of how to yeah. develop it, what it is, what the opposite of it is. Yep. Because that, that's the, the keystone of acceptance and commitment therapy is developing that psychological flexibility. Because like it's the resilio, right? It's the, yeah, it's the spell. Like the, you're turning yourself into like an emotionally flexible person. Like the ability to let things go, to take things in that you didn't want to take in the first place, to bend and shift in ways that are, is the most helpful and beneficial for you and your long-term goals. Yeah. You can be like m M&M. You can be rubber. You, you can, can be a little bouncy ball. Bouncing things off and it'll go to you. I, don't, <laughs> I, think that's the, I think that's the lyrics. I've been thinking about it, but that's a huge thing that um, you just Google search acceptance and commitment therapy or psychological flexibility Yeah. or listen to our little episode about it or um, episodes from the virtual couch, Tony Overbay. There's so many things out there and it'll change your life because it's changed mine. Yeah, I know some of you may be thinking, because this is where my mind goes, oh, well, you just contradicted yourself. You said, be like fine china and be broken but beautiful. And now you're telling me, telling me to be a bouncy ball. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yes, 
flexible thinking in this case, in accepting the broken, is just that. Being psychologically flexible is having a bad situation happen, you break, and being able to put yourself back together. Mm -hmm. Being flexible in that way. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, The flexibility is the acceptance Adjusting. of the fact that you're not flexible, like that you are yeah. breakable. It's That's kind of weird. What a paradigm. Like a paradigm, I don't know what you want to call it. A, a paradox. A, a paradox that flexibility is in the acceptance of the inflexibility. Yeah. So, yeah, it is kind of a contradiction, but it's true. So back off. <laughs> <laughs> you listener that's questioning us, that's probably not even there. That would totally be me, though. I, I would be like, like, be like come hmm. on, you're contradicting yourself. Oh, you got to... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right so number five interpersonal relationships having good personal relationships is both a byproduct and a requisite for emotional resilience if we have the power to build strong interpersonal bonds at the professional or personal level we have already taken one step forward for a resilient life hmm. i'll scroll down here we are social creatures and being surrounded by people gives us the strength to overcome problems endure them and evolve from them hmm. for building emotional resilience in a larger context we must have the capacity to improve our existing interpersonal relationships and be open to building new ones so just like sue johnson says founder of acceptance and commitment therapy nope sorry emotionally focused emotional focus therapy, focus therapy. <laughs> um sorry steven but <laughs> she says that we as humans are meant to deal with emotion in concert with another human being because we are social creatures. And working with other people, working through problems, working through emotions with other people helps us become more emotionally resilient, which is actually really cool. If you've ever sat with someone who's just been there for you and had empathy for you, you feel better. You feel like you can bounce back from the situation a lot easier than you could if you were just by yourself. And that's, I mean, just pointing to the fact that you can overcome obstacles and be more emotionally resilient with other people. Mm -hmm. I think a little bit of tangent off of that, something that I really wanted to touch on. The most important relationship when it comes to developing emotional resilience is the parent-to-child relationship. And yeah, um, I guess this is a little side note to the parents listening, if there is any um, future parents, really anyone. We see you, parents. We see you, and hopefully you're listening because... Um, that's something that I'm really passionate about when it comes to developing resilience in kids. Something that we've talked a lot about in this class that I'm taking currently this semester is the amount of resilience a child had is, has and going into their life is highly dependent on the way that their parent parents them and introduces yeah. them to the world. Yeah. And I'll, I wanted to read a quote by the great Jordan Peterson. JBP. We, we love this guy because he's amazing. Um, this was on a podcast. I think it was the, the host of the podcast, I think it's Theo Vaughn. I think that's his name. And I want to make sure this is cited correctly so you guys can go listen to it. Let's look up Jordan Peterson, Theo Vaughn. And this is what he said in the podcast, talking about parenting and developing courage in children. He said, if you're going to make your kids tough, which they better be if they're going to survive in this world, then you can't interfere when they're doing dangerous things carefully. And he also says, and this is actually more of him quoting Young's, oh no, Freud. So I'm quoting Jordan Peterson, quoting Sigmund Freud. <laughs> but basically he's saying that the best type of parents fail to be good parents hmm. as their children grow up. And the way the analogy he makes is that at birth, 
you need to be the best parent at nurturing, taking care of, helicoptering, protecting, defending, right. keeping them safe from viruses and sickness and making sure they're eating. It, like That's the quote-unquote best parent because you are raising them. But as they get older, you need to become a quote-unquote worse parent. You need mm. to back off more. Yeah. The best parents fail. The best parents can back off enough to allow their children to do dangerous things under their supervision, of course, where they can see them. But I'm one of the first times I heard that quote, it was an Instagram post of this, like how on Instagram you can put a sound over a video mm. and it like, it's usually used for comedic stuff. But for this one, it was a, a mom recording her son, uh, taking his bike off of a dirt hill on a jump. And he had to have been like six years old. Oh, wow. And she was putting this quote behind it and, uh, oh, this this clip behind it, like in the audio, it was him saying that, let your kids do dangerous things carefully and do not interfere because they're learning resilience in that moment. They're doing yeah. a dangerous thing. They're learning that they're not going to die if they do hard things right. and that hard things come their way, they can handle it. And it's the, it's kind of the same with his book. He has a, a chapter in his book, um, the first 12 rules for life book. It's called don't bother kids when they're skateboarding. Because when you bother them when they're doing that, they're doing a dangerous thing that's hard to do that's developing their skills. Yeah. And when you do that, you're robbing them of the opportunity to do a good thing that's dangerous, but it's mm. developing physical skills as well as cognitive skills. And so to sum up the rant, <laughs> if you're a parent or you're thinking about being a parent, as your children grow up, avoid the tendency to be a hel helicopter parent because the yeah. more that you are, the more you succeed as a, p a parent in protecting them from danger, the more you actually fail as a parent. And the more that you fail as a, a parent, which just sounds Hold weird. He's doing air quotes. Yeah, I'm doing air quotes. See. The more that you succeed in letting them be independent, you allow them to create that resilience. But the more that you fail at doing that, the more you succeed at protecting them, the more that you fail at creating emotional resilience. You can only choose one or the other. You can't keep them safe and resilient in the same realm. Yeah. And safe as a relative term, I mean that by like allowing them to do crazy, dangerous, stupid things where they're not going to be killed, but they're going to learn something important. They might right. scrape their knee, maybe even break their arm. Get the cops called on them. Hashtag that was my, my life. <laughs> that was my experience in high school. Yeah. But that's the, I think that's where it starts. And you can do things now as, a, as yeah. an adult, but it really starts in childhood and it's up to your parents, really. Um, and it's you up, up to you as parents to develop that in your children. So, end of rant. Um, I guess, well, actually, one more thing, but this is more for the adults <laughs> out there who don't have kids. Yeah. You don't get resilient by taking, by making your life easier. You become resilient by becoming braver. And so you can't focus on making your life easier and then also expect to become more resilient. That is the opposite. It's going to be the opposite effect. You overcome fears by not removing the fear or removing the fear, the object that's causing the fear. You only become resilient by progressively becoming more brave and more courageous. Yeah. And the great JBP, Jordan Peterson, he talks about, he relates that to fighting dragons. Mm -hmm. Like you find an obstacle in your life, that's a dragon. Now go slay the dragon. Don't exactly. run away. Don't allow it to come into your village and right. challenge you. <laughs> go to its cave and meet it where it's vulnerable and take yeah. it head on. Don't yeah. allow it to grow and grow in its cave and become stronger and learn how to breathe fire, take it on as soon as possible. Even if all you have is a pitchfork and a, yeah. and a shield, like take it on as soon as you can. And when, as soon as you feel that you're ready, because it just grows. 
the yep. more that you wait, the more that you avoid it. Just like the villagers in Shrek, they go to his <laughs> his house with pitchforks. That's a really quick way to turn it the other direction. <laughs> yeah. I love that scene. It's so funny. Anyway, uh, we'll we'll call it here. This is a good episode. It's a I long hope... one. We had a week off, so we had a lot to yeah. say. <laughs> yeah, we hope you enjoy this episode. If you do, leave a comment down below. I guess you can't on podcast, but you can on YouTube. A hey, comment YouTube. down below. You can leave a review, though. Please do. <laughs> Please do. Yeah, on Spotify, Apple Music, anything else that you listen on. And we'll talk to you Thursday. See you guys. What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? Yeah. What about, what about therapy? 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 Yeah.